I'm Matt Bellany, founding partner of Puck News, and I'm covering the inside conversation about money and power in Hollywood. With my new show, The Town, I'm going to take you inside Hollywood with exclusive insight on what people in show business are actually talking about. Multiple times a week, I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know, journalists, insiders, all of whom can break down the hottest topics in entertainment to tell you what's really going on. Listen now. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hello, and welcome to another pop culture history lesson on the Ringer Dish feed. I'm Jody Walker, and today I'm joined by my esteemed Ringer colleague, Amelia Wedemeyer, to discuss the recent release of what I would call the instant cuck classic film, <laughs> Deepwater. That's great. Uh, and more importantly, to the history tag of our show, uh, the origins of its erstwhile lovers, Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas, who star in Deepwater. Amelia, how are you doing? I am doing really well. I, I just watched the movie. Um, I brushed up on my Ben-Ana relationship uh, history. So Okay, so, okay, so <laughs> right off the bat, is it Ben-Ana or banana. I know okay. that her name is Ana de Armas, but right. it's like one of those words that when I read it, their their portmanteau, I say banana, banana. because it sounds like banana, right. but it probably should be banana. You know, I I guess I switch back and forth. Um, but I mean, I obviously I love banana because of, you know, the fruit banana and it's just fun to uh say that and like uh we were talking in Slack with uh, Chelsea, one of our producers, and she thought we were actually talking about bananas, like and just and just repeatedly misspelling it. Right, right, exactly. And she was like, "Oh, is there a lot of bananas in this film?" <laughs> to be fair, when I spell the word banana, I do have to think of the Gwen Stefani song, so that would be like a reasonable assumption that I was misspelling it. <laughs> That's great. Okay. I love that. I I'm glad that Deepwater is um, fresh on your mind. A quick note to our listeners about spoilers. 
Um, we are going to be discussing deep water in the latter half of the episode. In the beginning, we're going to mostly be talking about who I will call Banana, Ben Affleck, and Ana de Armas. Um, but in the latter half, we will be discussing deep water, which is pretty difficult to discuss without spoilers. So yeah. my personal recommendation would be that if you want to listen to the entire podcast, yeah, hop off real quick, watch this quick two-hour erotic thriller <laughs> And then hop back on with us. <laughs> I think that's a great but recommendation. But for now, <laughs> our pop culture history lesson today centers around the, I would say, pretty iconic, but also very recent relationship between right. Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas. So unlike a lot of the other topics we've covered on pop culture history lesson, this happened, you know, within the last few years. Mm -hmm. But the thing about Deepwater, this movie finally coming out, is that it really brought this relationship full circle and put a tag on it. So wow. it really has become this, like, this moment in time. <laughs> and it, it really can't be overstated the moment in time that this relationship happened, which we will get to. Right. Um, but, you know, first I want to start out by saying that Amelia and I are fairly recent colleagues. We're getting to know each other. We're finding out the pop culture that one another like. But one thing that I have up on Amelia is that I am a Tea Time listener. And so I believe I know that we have a pretty big Ben Affleck fan on our hands. <laughs> I've been outed. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been outed on multiple Ringer channels, on it's multiple true. podcasts <laughs> all over the internet. The Ben Affleck standum internet footprint is very big for Amelia. <laughs> So I would love to know as we get into this relationship, Amelia, kind of how your relationship with Ben Affleck started. Sure. What were, like, where did your affections begin? How did you become such a big fan? Uh, that's a great question. You know, I mean, I grew up... Uh, knowing who he is, who he was. Uh, obviously, I was around during the whole Benefer 1.0. Loved that relationship. Still love that relationship. Probably mm. that relationship's biggest fan outside of the actual two people who are in that relationship. <laughs> um, ben Affleck... And maybe sometimes more than them at points. I mean, <laughs> they honestly, spent a pretty good amount of time apart. It's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, I'm... I'm fascinated by him. I think he's a really good actor. I think he's a really good director. I think he's a very talented person, just in general. Um, I also think he's handsome. Uh, I think mm. he, yeah, I think he is also just his existence. And I don't mean this in a mean way, but is just kind of, it's funny. And he's he's just a great celebrity. He's, he's just... Um, I don't know, just everything about like from his relationship with Matt Damon to his love of Dunkin Donuts to all of his relationships in general, covering Jennifer Lopez to Jennifer Garner to that random Playboy playmate and everything is fascinating to me. He always gives it 100 percent. And I appreciate that, you know? Wow. Yeah. I I love hearing your love. I share a lot of it. Oh, um, great. He is Ben Affleck is endlessly memeable. And yes. I think that kind of the most interesting thing about him is that there's very little middle ground in his public persona. <laughs> he is either like sad and literally wrapped in way too small of a towel, staring <laughs> into the ocean distance with yes. a phoenix the size of his entire back. Iconic. Tattooed 
on himself impulsively because as he told Ellen DeGeneres, it was quote unquote meaningful. Um, or he is like, you know, fumbling around with Dunkin' Donuts, like right. flipping off the paparazzi. Love that. Not not happy to be receiving that the gay the paparazzi gaze and the public gaze that he is often receiving. Right. Or he seems to be sort of creating the public gaze and trying to manipulate right. it and use it to his advantage. <laughs> and that is what is so fascinating about him to me. And it's what pops up over and over again in this relationship yes. that he has with Ana de Armas at this very specific time in COVID. So that brings me to Ana de Armas. You know, obviously we are not going to have as long of a history with her. Right. She's not as old as Ben Affleck. She hasn't been in Hollywood as long as Ben Affleck. And in a lot of ways, she's still kind of an ingenue. So do you mm -hmm. remember like the first time that you were exposed to her and realized that she was, you know, going to be a star or was in a movie? Yeah. You know, I think uh, I heard rumblings about her when Blade Runner, I think 2049 came out and she played that giant, uh, quote unquote, girlfriend. But it was like really just like uh, she was made out of lights. Um, so <laughs> okay, I haven't seen Blade oh, okay. Runner. So I'm really, really enjoying this description. <laughs> giant made out of lights. Yeah, it's like an LED light girlfriend. So, okay, yeah, it's a good movie. You should watch it. It's really good. Um, Manic Pixie LED light yeah, girlfriend. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. You hit the <laughs> nail on the head. Um, so, and then, you know, I think there were talks that she was going to be a Bond girl and that kind of brought her into prominence. She also had that starring role in Knives Out and I really liked her in that. And I think, uh, yeah, those were kind of the main uh, ways I got to know her. How about you? Yeah, um, I just saw her like knowing very little um, except that, well, let's see. No, I, I guess I didn't even know at that at the time that I saw Knives Out that Ben Affleck and she were going to date, were, were filming a movie together. I just saw Knives Out in the theater, no questions asked, and was like, who is this superstar? Yeah. I mean, she <laughs> steals that movie from a field of A-listers, and not just like A-lister movie stars, like really good actors. Totally. Giving their best, most charming stuff. And she is absolutely the most charming thing about that movie and playing such a different character than she oh is ultimately <laughs> playing in deep water. It's no wild. spoilers. Um, and I relate her so specifically to that Knives Out character that that was honestly hurt my feelings a little bit watching her in deep water, um, which we'll get to. But yeah, I just loved her. And so like my immediate response to she and Ben Affleck dating when I found out about it was pretty positive. Like, mm -hmm. I thought, you know, this this charming young woman and this guy that I'm like rooting for constantly, right. maybe despite myself, maybe despite himself, it seemed... Uh, so So when you... When we just decided that we were going to talk about this pop culture history moment, what yeah. was your recollection of this relationship? Did you have... Because, you know, it was not that long ago. It we'll wasn't. get to the timeline soon, but it started in March 2020. <laughs> you may have heard of it, um, <laughs> which in many ways was not that long ago, but in almost every other way feels like it was nearly a decade ago. So I, I had kind of some different, some different thoughts thinking back on this relationship once I refreshed my memory. What was your yeah. just like immediate thought on, oh, we're going back to this relationship? Yeah. Well, again, it does feel like the beginning of something, you know, oh my God, I can't believe 
that was so long ago, even though it was literally only like two years ago. That's insane. Um, but I think even when you just said it, I was like, no, it was three years ago. No, it was two years ago. Exactly I know. two years ago. Isn't that crazy? It's 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 <sighs> what it's time. I just and especially in this pandemic, uh, it's insane. But I think there are two things that really stand out to me. Um, and one is the number. I, I think they might hold the record for the amount of press walks. I mean, and I, again, maybe it's just they do love to go on walks because who doesn't? But the amount of times they were photographed walking with each other and her dog, or maybe he grabbed some coffee is astounding because I was looking back on all the times that I could find um, like on Twitter and on uh, an archive of this gossip website. And there were so many individual essentially photo shoots of the two just walking around like the Venice area of Los Angeles. Insane. Crazy. So, yeah. So this brings us to the Ben and Anna banana getting together and sort of the role that this played for, you know, our celebrity obsessed culture during the beginning of COVID. So, So the timeline goes that Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas start filming Deepwater in August of 2019. They wrap it sometime in February 2019. Um, In Early March of 2020, some some rumors start rumbling around that these two co-star, recent co-stars are dating um, and they start to be seen out in public together. And then about two weeks later, the world shuts down. It's and insane. It's such a common story. And I think that that's part of the fascination with these two as a couple is that like, oh, stars, they're just like us. They got into a relationship at the beginning of COVID. And the next (laughs) thing you know, they're like the only two people in each other's world because you can't (laughs) touch anybody else. You can't talk to anybody else. And it does feel like so long ago that it's easy to forget like how isolated that time was. Yeah. Um, but in addition to that, once they start going out on these paparazzi walks that you're referencing, whether they were walks that turned into poppy, paparazzi walks or paparazzi walks that were being staged as walks or some combination of the two, mm-hmm. for celebrity-obsessed people like, let's say, ourselves right here, host on the Ringer Dish feed, this was like all we had. You oh. know, like nothing, nothing was happening. And it was, that was part of the isolation of early COVID is totally. that was like, nothing was happening for me personally and <laughs> nothing was happening in my secondary life where <laughs> I keep my eye on what celebrities are up to. Yeah. So, so like, do you remember, do you remember watching them take these walks or like what yes. you thought about it at the time? Totally. Well, I just, sometimes they would have masks on. Sometimes they would have them off. Sometimes they would kiss with the masks on, you know, again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sometimes they would take her dog out Sometimes they would have the coffee. The coffee was a big standout for me because, you know, he loves Dunkin' Donuts. I always had to check what kind of, where did you get the coffee? It was usually Dunkin' Donuts. Um, and Well, you know, he's certainly a Dunkin' loyalist, but I was always like, where did you get the coffee? Because at yeah. this time in the pandemic, it was still kind of hard to come by stuff. Right, totally. Well, they, you know, he's a big star. They have to open it up for someone. And I guess it's going to be Ben Affleck, you know? Oh, absolutely. And the publicity that he, he is single-handedly responsible for their rebrand so <laughs> they owe him what's wild yeah no totally and i think uh, again 
to your point, you know, they were kind of some of the only celebrities who are out and about showing us, giving us something, which is kind of like, thank you for doing, thank you for doing your duty, for your service, for giving us some form of content that we can cling to in this desperate time. Thank you for giving us content and pretending like you don't want to get give right. it to us so that we can all keep playing this little game together. <laughs> so you mentioning their masks brings me to one of my favorite parts of the banana relationship, which is a little Twitter user named Ana de Armas Updates. Mm. So this person um, who has outed their at least their first name in a, in a couple of publications right. as being AJ, a, a, at the time, a young 20-something from Texas who just became a fan of Ana de Armas early on. Right. Amelia, I feel like you might be more of an expert in this than I am. Um, what do you know about like Stan culture and Stan Twitter, how it operates how these people choose their stands, <laughs> I would honestly take anything. <laughs> it is, other than Ana de Armas updates, sort of a mystery to me. I, I stay out of stand sure. Twitter because it terrifies me. Oh, no, it is terrifying. And honestly, I'm on the periphery. Sometimes I'll see it leak into, my, you know, my Twitter, but I try to stay out. But, I, you know, it's funny because, like, Lil Nas X, before he became super famous, he had a Nicki Minaj stan account. Like, anyone, anyone you know could be operating a stan account. <laughs> Please no, please no. <laughs> but it is amazing. I always say that like my worst nightmare in dating is that like I'm dating someone and then I find out that like they're getting into fights in the rocks Instagram comments. <laughs> like that has now been replaced uh, by a new fear that they are that, running a stand <laughs> stand Twitter for like someone who's not even cool. Exactly. I know. And usually it is it is very uncool people, but you know, the, we all need stands apparently. And uh, you know, I know that like K-pop stands are really big on Twitter and on TikTok now and whatnot. But again, sometimes I think these people create these accounts kind of to go viral because it is so niche, but it's fascinating and it's funny too. It's like weirdly internet funny. Right. And so Ana de Armas updates at Ana de Armas updates is kind of <laughs> unique in that way because while they are a Stan account and they're one of the first Stan accounts for Ana de Armas mm-hmm. in the United States. Ana de Armas is from Cuba. And so she has, you know, an international following at the time that she gets really popular in Knives Out. But her sort of like American popularity had not yet blossomed. And so the runner of Ana de Armas updates sees her in Blade Runner as a, correct me if I'm wrong, LED light girlfriend. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And is like this, gal is going to be a star and creates um, this account and starts, you know, doing all the standard stan account stuff, tweeting pictures, tweeting updates on Adarmus updates on what she's doing, the movie she's going to be in. Right. But at some point, very early on in the pandemic, March, April, Ana de Armas Updates gets a little bored, just like all of us do, and starts adding a little narrative voice to right. their Twitter. <laughs> and a lot of times that narrative voice includes being kind of like funny and sarcastic exactly. about the these paparazzi walks that we're referencing, and especially about the way that Ana de Armas and Ben Affleck are treating COVID protocols. And I find that so interesting coming from Stan and and people were really fascinated with it at the time and a lot of times you know these stands see their purpose as to like 
blindly support the stars that they love to get into Twitter arguments to like search the name so that they can find anything even remotely like less than glowing being written about their stars (laughs) and to sort of battle it. Ana de Armas, on the other hand, sees it somewhat as their duty to hold Ana de Armas accountable, <laughs> um, which is which is just so interesting, you know, coming from a faceless Twitter account and also coming from a stand. And and people really don't totally know this is happening unless they're also a stand account or also an Ana de Armas stand until Ana de Armas blocks Ana de Armas updates on Twitter and. Ana de Armas updates posts about the blocking and says Golden Globe Golden Globe nominee or that might be a different one where they say Golden Globe nominee but they post that they've been blocked and they don't they don't seem upset they just say it kind of matter of factly and at that time it really takes off on Twitter all these other stan accounts are like saying like we're here for you babe like you'll get through this <laughs> They're feeling so bad for Ana de Armas updates. Then Knives Out blocks Ana de Armas updates. And yeah, (laughs) it it just... (laughs) It just becomes this whole thing and this whole kind of mythology in this relationship and how it is like unfolding in the public. Um, So that all happens in April and in some ways has nothing to do with Ben Affleck and in other ways has everything to do with Ben Affleck because dating Ben Affleck in a time in Ana de Armas' career when she should have been taking off as an A-lister after Knives Out comes out in November 2019, shortly before it's publicized that she's dating Ben. So it really has... Her stardom in the beginning... And, and still now, really has very little to do with him or with this relationship with mm-hmm. him. But at the time that she should have been making all these movies that she signed to when everyone sees her in Knives Out and it's like, oh, this is a star. She signs on to the Mar- Marilyn Monroe biopic. Right. She, she, she signs on to all of these other like movies that are obviously going to be a big deal. And they all get delayed to hell and just right. like delayed to who knows when at that time it during sucks. the pandemic. Yeah. It sucks. And so, like, what takes the place of that is that we're all getting to know her through this relationship. Right. And through Ana de Armas updates. No, Amelia, I feel like you have a slightly better handle on what was going on with Ana de Armas's own social media presence. Right. During, because that is a lot of how we sort of really found out that this relationship was happening. Totally. Yeah. Well, actually, the two going back to March, kind of right as the pandemic started, they, they were uh, uh, pictures of Ana de Armas and Ben Affleck on a beach in Costa Rica looking pretty friendly with one another, uh, as they pretty say. loved up. Pretty loved up. And he's got his little camera, his little analog camera. He's snapping photos. And then on March 17th, she posts the photos that Ben ostensibly took from the Costa Rica trip to her Instagram. And they're lovely. They're great photos, Um, which I love. Okay. And then do you remember what happened in the comments? Oh, yes. He was like, I want credit. Give me some credit. He said, photo cred, please. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about with our boyfriend, Ben Affleck. It's like, you never know what he wants. Does he want us to leave this blossoming relationship alone? Or does he want photo cred, please? Exactly. At that time, he wanted photo cred. I know. He's very much a 
push and pull. He wants it. He doesn't want it. We kind of saw this with his relationship in uh, from 2002, 2004 with Jennifer Lopez, where he would talk about how annoying it was uh, that they were covered everywhere. But yet, you know, he takes out a full page ad in one of the um, uh, variety like uh what are they called? Yeah. The, and he's um, still doing it, you know, like yeah, on the exactly. second go around. It's I, he he hasn't maybe said as much stuff now that uh, he and JLo are back together. But he, he did put out that iconic scrapbook video for her Valentine's Incredible. Day present, and which leaves, I highly recommend everyone Googles if you have not watched it. It's so good. And he also leaves little scraps that make us the public want more you know he'll say like it is a beautiful relationship that i will tell someday and then burn it to the ground you're like okay all right we get thank you you know but anyway um we also see on her instagram you know again a great place uh she celebrates her 32nd birthday with ben she posts um, uh, an Instagram carousel of several photos and it's her and she's got her little birthday cake and she's eating and she's smiling. And there is a photo of the two of them hugging. However, and this it, obviously it was there. I checked on this carousel literally the other day because obviously I wanted to include this on, in the timeline. And obviously. It, obviously. And it turns out she had deleted the photo it's it literally says edited two weeks ago from today's date so it's no stars there. they really are just like I, yeah get him out of there girl exactly so is this breaking news i don't know but it this is you know here you we heard go. it here first exactly in a exactly. history lesson about something that happened one year ago <laughs> it's very okay. true very so true. So she outs the relationship on Instagram. And so even though we've all been like watching them on these walks, seeing them at the beach, we know they're together. You know, now it's official. And so like, I guess we're allowed to talk about it. (laughs) One of my favorite um, things that happens in this relationship is that for some reason, I don't know who made it, but appears out of nowhere, a life-size cutout of Ana de Armas. Incredible. And you might be thinking to yourself, listener, if you are not familiar with the Ana de Armas-Ben Affleck relationship, if you don't have a picture pulled up in front of you right now, this is an audio medium. You might be <laughs> thinking, oh, that cutout is probably from like a Knives Out premiere. Or maybe it's from a different movie. Maybe it's, it's her as an LED light-up girlfriend from Blade <laughs> Runner. It's not. It is something that has been printed off by what we can only assume are friends and family because she is laying on her side with her little hand propped against her head mm-hmm. and her her besocked feet kicked up. <laughs> it's like the most casual picture. Yeah. Um, it's adorable because Ana de Armas is adorable. And yeah. it gets even more adorable because um, the first time we see this cutout, I believe, is when Ben Affleck's children are playing with it in right. one of their front yards. Exactly. Yes. Is that right? It's, uh, it, uh, some sources say it's his front yard. Some sources say it's her front yard. Regardless, the kids are there. They're carrying around the Ana de Armas cutout. She's w- there with them. They're all laughing. They're having a great time. 
with this cutout. And a lot of like the statements we're hearing during this sort of <laughs> midpoint in their relationship is, you know, she has met the children. We have right. seen them in photos. They seem to be having a lot of fun together. We've heard that like Ben's mom approves of the relationship, that like everyone thinks that Ana de Armas is a wonderful person. By all accounts, she seems like a wonderful, wonderful person, like mm-hmm. really nice and calm. In many paparazzi joke, uh, photos, she is laughing at his jokes to like a degree in which I cannot believe that Ben Affleck (laughs) is that funny, but he must be because he He has to be. He has to be because I really do love all of his girlfriends and wives. So I just, (laughs) I have to assume, right? I, you know, that does make you assume something about that. Like when he gets it, it right, like that personality is banging. Mm -hmm. Um, so that life-size cutout gets planted in her front yard um, at her house in Venice. However, she so- soon moves out of that house in Venice. And in December, early December, it is reported and we see, you know, some suitcase paparazzi pics and stuff that um, Ana de, Mar- de Armas is moving in with Ben Affleck. Now, I don't know if you remember where you were in December 2020, but if the beginning of the pandemic was hard, the first winter of the pandemic <laughs> yes. was really yes. hard. Oh, my God. And so I can imagine that that seemed like a good time to finally make this thing official and right. move in with with one another. Which Hunker they do down. In Hunker Down Together in early December. And then, Amelia, do you remember when um, it was reported that they split? Yes. January 18th. 2021. real soon. That is real soon soon after. People reports that the duo has split and on the same day, the freaking cardboard cutout is thrown away. I mean... The culmination, until Deepwater, the culmination of this relationship is this Cart life-size cardboard cutout that we have seen his children play with, that we have seen them tease the paparazzi with, that resided in her yard for a short period of time, mm-hmm. is carried out from somewhere on Ben Affleck's property and stuffed into a trash can Just. in a way that is incredibly <laughs> visible to cameras. <laughs> this thing is being uh. pivoted out so that there is like no question. And at the time, it's being reported that like they split amicably. Right. Everything is fine. They still respect each other. But you simply can't deny that the man threw a life-size picture of Ana de Armas in the trash. It's incredible how this relationship has really come full circle all the way to the trash. And not only that, but I don't know how the rumor even got started, but people are saying that the man who, the garbage man who threw out the life-size cut up cut out and you can see if you've seen the photos he has he has a hat on he also has uh one of those kind of buff masks that are covering most of his face except his eyes and you can't even really see his eyes but people are speculating it's it's casey affleck it's ben affleck's brother he's throwing it away and i love it i mean it was like in my head at the time i knew this was not casey affleck (laughs) like you said i mean you cannot see a 
speck of him <laughs> except like a shadow over his eyes. There's no, you can't even see his hair. No. There's nothing to suggest that this would be Casey Affleck. In fact, if you look at like the wider array of photos, this man is clearly wearing like a uniform for what appears to be a landscaping company <laughs> because there's another man right behind him wearing the exact same thing. That's what my head knew. But what my heart knew was that this was Casey Affleck throwing out this life-size cutout for his brother because that's what family does during a breakup. Oh, God. It's so good. So good. But in fact, it, it, it was not Casey Affleck. I actually don't know that that was ever confirmed by anyone in the know, but yeah, we're, I think we're, we're pretty certain pretty it wasn't sure. Casey Affleck. Right. You know, rumors run rampant on Twitter. So, so speaking of rumors, like, there are rumors after this split in January that, like, maybe these two are going to get back together. Right. There are sources who knows who they are, maybe Casey Affleck, who are saying, like, (laughs) these two are in love. It's going to work out. It's just not happening right now. But they don't get, they don't get back together. No. Um, and then a few interesting things happen. As you'll recall, we're talking about this because these two got together on a little movie called Deep Water. Um, they split up in January 2021. And in December 2021, they still haven't gotten together. And Disney removes Deep Water from its schedule. Oh. oh. Oh, my. Who saw that coming? Honest. Well, I guess... <laughs> Maybe we all did, you know, subconsciously. Again, he gets together, back together with J-Lo. Obviously, we've talked about it before. I mean, yes, the huge, honestly, probably the biggest part thing that happened to me in 2021 was him (laughs) getting back together with J-Lo. But, you know, all the jokes are J-Lo, the power of J-Lo. She had Disney remove this from their schedule and which I enjoyed. I loved every single joke. And you believed it. Your heart. Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, quite recent. So, yeah, JLo and Ben back together. The people are rejoicing. There seems to be like no question that this is like, you know, that that Ana de Armas is going to re-enter the scene. There's a pretty right. solid bow tied on this relationship. And it's been so long since they were together. So and long. so long since they filmed this movie. Right. And, and she's with the, the guy, this Tinder guy, right? The exec, or she was with the, she dated the, the Tinder guy. Am I? Now, see, I don't know because I did a quick little check-in with Ana de Armas updates before we got on this podcast recording and I quickly saw some standum stuff going on where like one Ana de Armas stan account was sort of battling Ana de Armas updates about whether she oh. was dating someone right now. And, I, you know, I was immediately scared. I'm a millennial and I just like <laughs> turned tail and got out of there. <laughs> And I don't blame and, you. And I should have used Google like a normal person. No, no. Um, it's okay. I, I've, I couldn't I've handle Googled it. it. It says, Ana de Armas spotted kissing Tinder exec Paul Bukadakis. So I, I'm pretty sure that she dated Paul from Tinder for a couple okay. of months. They were spotted When kissing. you first said Tinder a second ago, I did think that you had met some, you meant she had met someone on Tinder. Oh, oh my God. Um, but she's Amazing. dating the CEO of Tinder because stars, they're not just like us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> so Disney officially announces um, that on December 13th of 2021, that Deepwater will be released on Hulu. And for movie buffs, or anyone, 
This is not a good sign. I mean, it was never intended to be owned by Disney. Uh, that happened through kind right. of like some trading of of brands and properties. This is not a Disney property. This is a 1957 novel by Patricia Highsmith, who notoriously writes um, side of sort of psychosexual thrillers. Um, it's being tagged Deepwater the movie and has been from the very beginning as an erotic thriller, mm. which is kind of like a throwback to the late 80s, early 90s. That right. it, erotic thrillers are definitely not a thing that have been <laughs> coming out for a while, but. But so everyone's kind of anticipating this with these two huge stars who have like a ton of talent and a ton of beauty is like, this is going right. to be a return to form this erotic thriller. And then Disney announces that it's going to be, be released on Hulu, which Amazing. I haven't done an official ranking in my head, but that seems like the least erotic streaming platform to me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I agree. Think because of the commercials. It's like, sure. The co- yeah, there the is commercials nothing sexy are pretty. About a commercial Batista that is always like, to- Seven levels of volume louder than the oh, actual show. Oh, God. It's so true. As With Dave Bautista dressed as like a, a, <laughs> a person fishing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And Ooh, the, time to get in a cold shower. <laughs> and the fact that, like you said, Disney is releasing this. And Disney is the right. most family-friendly uh, media entertainment company. So Right. And so presumably they're having some issues with the movies. Like maybe some rewrites are happening. Maybe some reshoots are happening. We don't really know. Right. We just know that it's going to be coming out on Hulu. And wow. then on Valentine's Day 2022, <laughs> February 2022, <sighs> probably my favorite thing in the story of Deepwater Happens, which is that they drop a trailer... <laughs> on Valentine's Day about an erotic thriller. So you're thinking like, maybe this is gonna, you know, really jazz us up. Maybe it's gonna be sexy. And I guess it depends what you're into. But basically what happens in this trailer is that Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas appear to be doing hand stuff. They're on (laughs) a picnic blanket. And she's like, why are you the only man who has ever loved me? And he's like, you know why? And for a brief second, you're interested. You're like, what are they talking about? And then they just immediately start doing hand stuff. I mean, you can't really see it, but their hands, first her hand dips below the screen, then his (laughs) hand dips somewhere you can't really see it. And then the trailer ends. Oh my gosh, what a tease. (laughs) What a literal tease. Okay, so that's all we get from the teaser trailer. Then we get a release date, which we know is going to be March 18th. Then the official trailer comes out March 7th, a few weeks before the official Sexy Sexy Hulu drop date. (laughs) And what becomes clear from the full trailer is that this movie is mostly about Ben Affleck getting cut. (laughs) Now, I've explained this movie to a couple of people. And they either totally know what cucking is or don't mm, know at wow. all. Okay. What's your familiarity with cucking, Amelia? Well, I know, you know, it surged in the last few years as we had Donald Trump as president and people would use it as a derogatory term. Um, but I, I, I'm pretty sure cuck comes from cuckolding, which is uh, pretty much the act of you know, letting... If two, if two people are in a relationship, one person is letting the other person do sexual stuff with other people and they're okay with it and they know about it. 
Right. So so it's like typically gendered. Um, a, a cuckold is a man who is the partner of an adulterous wife. And in like the traditional definition of cuckold, which is maybe Shakespearean. Oh, I think it is. It's a really old word. Um, a, a cuckold is a, a, the husband of an adulterous wife and they don't necessarily know about it. It's oh, just okay. like, nice. you're a cuckold if you're being cheated on by a wife. Once we took the old off and turned it into cuck in our modern day time, it's become right. a totally different thing. It's right. a porn genre. It um, was like co-opted by the alt-right to sort yeah. of, you know, like serve as the stand-in for like you're a beta male who's right. you know being cucked by your wife. Um, and so in its more modern definition, it is like you said, it's a man who is being cheated on his wife, but who knows about it. And in the kink definition, who knows about it and derives some sort of pleasure out of it. Um, okay. Whether that means that they simply know about it, that they're asking their wife to have sex with other men, that they're watching her have sex with other men. Yes. But the implication in the trailer for Deepwater is clear that, like, Ana de Armas' character, who is the wife of Ben Affleck's character, who are based on these characters from Patricia Highsmith's 1957 novel, the implication is clear that she is having sex with other men, that he knows about it, and that right. this movie is like about to be about the cuck kink, which no one <laughs> yes! really could have seen coming. <laughs> I don't think. So maybe we could have because it is an updated version of Deep Water, the Patricia Highsmith novel, right, which right. is about a man who is tells his wife that it's fine if she has affairs as long as she agrees not to divorce him. That's like, the bottom line. Um, and then things get dicey as far as... This is your official spoiler alert warning as far as murder. Um... <laughs> But but the the full the full dive into kink in in the Deepwater movie is really fascinating. So Amelia, mm -hmm. I told you. Um, well, qu quickly, I'll just I'll read the tagline. Um, Please of the movie, this is what they put out. And this is why it's so confusing because this is basically the tagline of the book, but there's just like so much more to it in the movie. The tagline <laughs> for the movie is a well-to-do husband who allows his wife to have affairs in order to avoid a divorce becomes a prime suspect in the disappearance of her lovers. And like, yes, that is what happens, but I cannot tell you how much happens in between. Oh my God. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, Shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. 
Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So we're officially diving into Deep Water the movie now. Um, we have moved out of history and into present day. <laughs> we're going to talk about what happens in Deep Water and sort of how that helps us or or allows us to reimagine this relationship that we experience yes. through ben Banana in real time um, and sort of like what it tells us about these voyeuristic aspects of their relationship. So Amelia, I told you offline that at this point, I've spent a lot of time with Deepwater. I wrote I'm a amazed. pretty thorough article about it. Yes. Feel free to look up on TheRinger.com. It's called Please. The 24 Least Erotic Things That Happened in the Erotic it's, Thriller Deepwater. It's, a hilar it's hilarious. It's iconic. It's, <laughs> it's necessary reading if Thank you watched you. Uh, Deepwater. You. This is necessary listening. We've got some necessary reading. We want. I want you to spend as many hours with this film as I have. But Amelia, I feel like it's a little fresher on your brain. Um, yeah. So, like, I can't look at it at fresh with fresh eyes anymore. But i I'd, I'd love I'd love to know what your first impressions walking away from this movie are. Sure. What do you think? Oh my god. Well. <sighs> That what did what did I think? That's a great. <laughs> I thought so many things. Isn't honestly. it so funny that like that's it's, an impossible question to answer with this movie? It what really is. What did it make you think? Oh my god! I mean, I uh, I don't know if this is the movie to unite us all. It, it, could, it possibly <laughs> could be. Um, it's just. It's fascinating. Again, you know, having the whole lens of Ana de Banana Banana is is also fascinating to me. The choice why they would do this movie is interesting to me. How it um, languished in production and post production is fascinating. And then just to actually watch it and be like, okay, um, I spent two hours watching this movie where things happen. But also nothing happens at the same time. <laughs> right. Is um, I'm glad I watched it to talk about it with you and to engage in the larger discourse. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I don't think this is going to win any awards. Oh, no, I don't even think that's <laughs> I don't think that's in the discussion. 
<laughs> Which, you know, yeah. So this this leads me to like my general feeling about deep water, which is that like mm-hmm. every single part of it gives me a conflicting feeling. <laughs> Even just the question sure. of did I like it? I yes. mean, no, it's a bad movie. <laughs> it's I mean, it's not no. a good, yeah. it's not a well-made or well-written movie. It is right. quite a beautiful movie. I, um, I was just going to say, it's gorgeous. I want yeah. to go to New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Let's get into New Orleans in <laughs> one second. That's like my biggest issue is New Orleans. <laughs> not, not the city, the way the movie uses it. <laughs> Love New Orleans. Um, so like, I, it's like my head, I, I know that this is not a good movie, that it's not well done, but I did enjoy watching it because it is like so bizarre what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so you know, on a very <laughs> That's foundational the level. Description, yeah. <laughs> um, this movie follows uh Ben Affleck as Vic Van Allen and Anna de Armas as his wife, Melinda Van Allen. From what we can tell when we start the movie, um, they are extremely wealthy. Um but neither one of them seem to work. They have mm-hmm. this very blossoming group of also beautiful and wealthy friends who also seem to not work. They what? all have children named like Trixie and Goldie, which are the, ori- all of these are the original names from okay. the book. So like if you're hard having a hard time buying Anna de Armas as a Melinda, then I'm with you and we'll probably <laughs> right. just continue to refer to her <laughs> as Anna de Armas and to Ben Affleck as... Ben Affleck. Um, So this movie presents this sort of like dichotomy to me where there Mm -hmm. are everything that I like despise about it. I also sort of like the other side about it. Sure. So like we're already, you know, so I think Amelia and I are going to list like a few of our grievances here. But then please know as you consider like, should I go back and watch this movie? Or if you've already watched it and you liked it, please know that these grievances are mostly going to come around to a counterpoint, which is like, I also really liked this thing about it. So (laughs) (laughs) first on the list for me is the setting in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, allegedly, this movie is set in New Orleans. <laughs> it took right. me so long to figure it out. It's obviously in Louisiana, yes. but the whole, for at least the first half of the movie, I just spent a lot of time going, well, it's not New Orleans. It's Louisiana, but it's not New Orleans because yeah. it's framed like they're in this really small town. Yes. It feels like they're in the Gilmore Girls town. I mean, they are just like, <laughs> hopping around to get coffee. Like, it's right. so, it's, I mean, unless they live, like, in the French Quarter. I mean, it's so, the the way that it's staged is so odd. And it's then so the small point, town, yeah. The point at which I decided, like, oh, well, of course this isn't New Orleans, and then was, like, immediately <laughs> reprimanded by the film, <laughs> is when a young man named Jacob Alordi enters the wow. scene. And more on him in a minute as we get to Ana de Armas's many boyfriends. Um, but he is a jazz musician, if you can believe it. <laughs> it's wild, yeah. <laughs> and it, when Ben Affleck kind of finds out about him through a little detective work, he decides that he wants to, like, go see him play jazz music. Yes. And Ben Affleck just picks up the telephone and starts individually calling jazz clubs to ask if they have live music playing in New Orleans. Like, <laughs> and then the first one that says yes, 
is where Jacob Elordi is playing. <laughs> right. So there's Absolutely just like a lot wild. of there's a lot of storytelling in this yeah. movie that kind of doesn't need to be there. Like it would make much more sure. sense if he just if we just didn't see him doing the research and he just exactly. showed up in the bar where Jacob Elordi is playing. Because you no, need the to others... suspend reality at this point. <laughs> right. oh Which, God, can you believe how long it took me to learn that lesson in <laughs> this movie that I was like, still at the point of Jacob Elordi, her second murder victim boyfriend. Spoiler, we're getting there. Oh, Didn't realize that. I really, though, also liked the New Orleans setting once I was just like, yeah. okay, this is pretend New Orleans. They have right. these amazing houses. I would oh, say like... Gorgeous. The only thing I was horny for in this whole movie was their house. <laughs> Yes. Yes, I agree. It's it's amazing. All these houses that seem to just be like entirely made of staircases. They're always going up and down staircases. Yep. There are outside staircases. There are inside staircases. <laughs> Each bedroom has two staircases that go into it. <laughs> and so like it's one true. of the first hints that we get that something is up with this marriage is that Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas live in kind of like different wings of the house. Um the second tip that we get that something is up with this marriage is that uh, Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas go to one of the many, many New Orleans parties that they go to in right. uh, in this movie. All of their friends have like these elaborate parties. And pretty much Ana de Armas' favorite thing to do, her character Melinda, is to arrive at a party that her friends are throwing with her husband. Mm-hmm. And then about 20 minutes in, a young man that she is dating arrives. Her entire mood changes. She starts <laughs> getting really giggly. Yep. She grabs him by the hand, ditches her husband, leads this young man all over a party full of their friends and just starts making out in not very dark corners, like perfectly lit corners. Perfectly lit corners. There's usually some... Uh, bumping and grinding. Right. She uh, likes to get drunk too. Yes. Um, Blossoming alcohol issue throughout the movie. So, okay. So, Amelia, what did you think about, like, the way that the character of Melinda was, like, displayed to us? What did you think about these two characters? Because I honestly (sighs) didn't love my reaction to the couple. No, I mean, she was just so overtly sexy. It was like hitting us over the head with the sexy stick. It's like, we get, we know she's sexy. She loves sex. That's great. But it was just so obvious. And and all of the shots were very, um, I mean, I found my, I mean, I don't mean to be like, it was also male gazy. I mean, I know it's an erotic thriller, <laughs> but you know, I didn't know, I didn't know we were going to see boob in this movie, but we did, which is fine. But, um, Again, it's just it was there was a lot of emphasis on how she is sexy, how she is irresistible to these men and how, you know, she lives this kind of bohemian lifestyle of, well, if you can't enjoy how sexy I am, then get out, leave. You know what I mean? But also don't leave. We're not going to leave each other. We're just going to like drive this fucking marriage into the ground and (laughs) and ruin literally everybody's lives. (sighs) Yes. So so I have like a double issue with um, Melinda. Mm-hmm. Ana de Armas is obviously beautiful mm-hmm. and a great actress. And I feel mm-hmm. like she is given like 
no room in this yeah. writing to to be sexy in any way that is interesting and also to be charming. And it's not to say that she has to be charming in every role she plays just because she's capable of it, but the mm-hmm. movie seems to be trying to sell that she's charming. Like all mm-hmm. of these friends despite knowing that she's cheating on her husband and not knowing if they're in an open relationship. In fact, that would be like an extremely quick fix is just to be like Oh, we're in an open relationship and this is fine. But you come (laughs) to find out that like, it's not fine. They just won't talk to each other about it. I just found her character so annoying because all of the things that she... Okay, real quick. This movie is co-written by Sam Levinson, the writer of Euphoria. How am I not surprised? How, How am I not okay, surprised? Okay, so you did not know that. How much does that explain to you? <laughs> it explains so much to me. So I much. didn't know it the first time that I was watching it. And wow. something in me, the moment that <laughs> that Ana de Armas kicks her feet up on a dashboard while driving, oh while Ben Affleck is driving her around, I was like, <laughs> who wrote this? Who wrote this? Because every season of Euphoria has like an iconic, like a no not iconic just like a climactic moment of yeah. like a sexy tiny young woman kicking her feet up on a dashboard that is funny while like a huge guy kind of like angrily <laughs> drives her around and that is like I believe in Sam Levinson's head kind of like the sexiest thing a woman can do and everything that Melinda does that's what it feels like it feels like the sexiest thing that a woman can do so like at that this is party so where we meet her first boyfriend, who I know that Amelia is going to want to talk to us about. (laughs) Um, She has this scene where she like plays, she just starts playing the piano and singing. And it's like, if if Ana de Armas was doing it, it would be charming. But it's this woman who's like, everything she does has to be so sexy. So like while she's playing the piano, she's squatting on the piano bench in like a gargoyle pose, but it's sexy. Like, (laughs) you can't play the piano like that. I mean, you can, but you just wouldn't probably. It's painful, yeah. And then at the end, she puts her fingers in her champagne and like splashes it out into the crowd. Right. It just all feels so transparent that it's like supposed to be charming. So contrived. Yes, totally. Now, on the other hand... This movie was written by men, and I think that it shows that there's like and and directed by Adrian Lyne, who is like known for um those erotic thrillers that we like mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of like, you know, maybe supposed to be like his return to form that he'd been trying to get made for a long time. So I I really liked the characterization of Ben Affleck's character, mm. who is shown like being a doting father. Right. He, yeah. Like there's a moment where he like gives the bartender a cash tip. And I'm like, $20. That can only be to signify that like this is a good guy. <laughs> I know. Right. It could be no other reason that they show that. And he has like a lot of moments like that that ultimately made me be rooting for the spoiler alert murderer. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Exactly. I I know. It's interesting to me. Again, the casting choice is interesting. I I you know, again, I'm I'm thinking I I like uh, both of both Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas. Um, and I like him, even though I respect him as this, I don't respect him, but I, I, like you said, I'm like kind of rooting for him as this murderer guy. I like him even more as the sympathetic and ultimately pathetic victim, like in Gone Girl. Yeah. Which 
I think is kind of similar to this role a little bit. I don't know bit, if but... I'd call him a victim in Gone Girl, but... Well, <laughs> sure. No, I It's know complicated. Mean, but... in, it, I would say in Gone Girl, they're they're playing the layers a little more successfully. Right. Yes, than totally. they're playing them here. <laughs> exactly. And again, and I like her more as the heroine, you know, in Knives Out. And I don't like her as this kind of one-note sexy lady. Right. And I think it's like, you, you know, in the casting, it's not like I don't like them in these roles. I think I don't like these roles. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Truly. Some of the some of the casting choices are really bizarre. So like as we get into the movie, mm-hmm. the the thriller side of this erotic thrill. So it's important to know that this is an erotic thriller that is, in my opinion, neither erotic nor thrilling. Um, <laughs> it is like really mm. straightforwardly about a couple that doesn't have sex. All of the sexual aspects of this movie are about her having, most of them, are about her having sex with other men. And we really don't even see that sex. We just see him seeing that sex about to happen. There are one or two sort of sex scenes between them. One where she goes down on him in a car and seems to bite him as a sort of punishment, which is incredibly unsexy. Then she picks a pube off of her tongue. You guys, I don't want to tell you this stuff, but here we are. I'm so sorry. But it's it's like, it's, it's, I don't know if they thought it was sexy, not Ben and Anna, but like, I, I don't know if the, if the people making it thought that they were sexy or if they felt like they were being subversive. And in that way, it's a little That's bit hard. interesting. That's hard. Um, it's also <laughs> a little bit interesting the way that it's like not a thriller, be, well, yeah. I don't know. We could have experienced this differently. Tell me if you have a different opinion. No, I mean, it wants to be a thriller. I I see it wanting to be a thriller so bad with just the way in which uh, like the saturated tones in this and just the, the moodiness. But it's like nothing thrilling is happening. It's kind of extremely predictable, in my opinion. Right. So, um, the, yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking is that like, you know that Ben Affleck is murdering these dudes from the very beginning. And you kind of keep anticipating a twist, like that she knows about it and is that's part of the sexual kink, is that that she knows this is happening. Like he gets off on her being with other men and she gets off on him killing those men. (laughs) Right, right. That's what I thought it was going to be. And I I think really like the, the biggest misstep of the movie is not putting a little more intention behind what she is sure. doing. Like, yeah, he he kills Jacob Elordi's character and she thinks he did it. She right. exposes that he did it and she teams she up. She freaks with, out, yeah. She freaks out and teams up with this guy played by like truly wonderful actor and writer Tracy Letts, who is just like in this very <laughs> silly movie playing a very silly character. Um, He plays kind of like the outsider who is dead set on exposing Ben Affleck. And he pretty much decides that he wants to expose Ben Affleck or that Ben Affleck is a bad guy when he finds out that Ben Affleck is rich because he more or less invented drone warfare. (laughs) We find out that Ben Affleck is rich because he invented the chip that like allows drones to be able to do targeted attacks. Right. Which is just an insane little added detail that they decide to throw in there. And that I I kind of love. Like, I kind of love (laughs) the really weird stuff. I would say there are two, like, wildly weird details that, like, the movie 
benefits from and could have leaned into. One is that Ben Affleck invented drone warfare. Two is that Ben Affleck's character is obsessed with snails. I love the snails. I'm so glad you brought this up. Also, I love the snails, but they ultimately did nothing, really. No, like you think that maybe they're going to eat a body or something because that's that's, like what I've heard that snails can do. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, But he's just a weird guy that's obsessed with snails and that obsession with snails is now transferring itself into murder. So this man is like at a breaking point, I guess, is, is the is the whole thing. Is like, it seems like we we come into this movie media res, like she's already cheating on him. It's, yeah. She's already Five had one boyfriend film, yeah. who mysteriously disappeared. She has another boyfriend who is like very oddly cast um, as kind of like a, dumb surfer guy and he's right, like you could have blonde. at least you could have at least chosen someone smarter right he kind of scares that guy off and as far as we know that guy does not get murdered um the second official boyfriend that we see is Jacob Alordi, who Ben Affleck kind of ultimately snaps and like drowns in a pool Ana de Armas knows that thinks that he did it teams up with Tracy Letts to try and figure it out. But Ben Affleck, like, uncovers their little plan to have him followed. Right. So she knows (laughs) that he's, like, getting violent. And then, this sounds like I'm victim-blaming. It's not her fault. But, um, But she just keeps doing it. She picks up her third and final boyfriend. Brings him to the house for one of Vic and Melinda's iconically terrible dinner parties. Oh, my God. Every man that she cheats on her husband with, they have over for dinner. Always. And there's always some weird thing going on. This time, he wanted to cook the snails. And Ben Affleck is like, you can't cook my snails. And also, it could kill you. And at this point in the movie, I genuinely start to believe that, like, maybe the kink is making people uncomfortable. (laughs) <laughs> and that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's sure. It's not that. Um, ben Affleck takes this guy out into the middle of nowhere, except it's not very far from New Orleans. Like I ten, know, it's like the 10-minute drive park. from like inner city New Orleans to a gorge and um, drowns him in mm-hmm. what should be the titular deep water, but is, right. as I noticed, not very deep. So It's not very deep, No. To sort of just like wrap up a few points, uh, this is a movie called Deep Water about just kind of like mid-chest level water. Uh, This is an erotic thriller that is about not having sex and not having a thrilling twist. Exactly. And interesting about the deep water, it's so not deep that he has to go back to where he drowned him so he could make the body drown even deeper. A huge plot point is that this guy's body resurfaces and gets stuck on rocks because this water is not very deep. And that is when when he goes back to the body. Okay, also the um, hand stuff, um, hand jobs uh, trailer, teaser trailer that we talked about earlier is just like a scene where they are having a picnic with their kid like 10 feet. Uh, no, poor Trixie. And with yeah. the body of one of their like with co-boyfriends the... 20 feet away. Yeah. So Ben Affleck goes exactly. back. Tracy Letts catches him trying to like re-drown this body. <laughs> right. And this movie ends not with Ben Affleck getting caught, 
but with Ben Affleck getting caught and then the guy who catches him is like, oh my gosh, I got to get out of here and tell everyone I was right. He hops in his Subaru, a car capable of probably going 80 to 90 miles per hour. Which I also think has... Um, all-wheel drive. Oh, but this you car know it does. You know like every Subaru has, has all-wheel drive. I know, and it, but it's driving like it only has the the two. Well, that is because the man at the wheel has none of his eyes on the road because they're all on his phone because texting and driving is dangerous. Boomer texting is also dangerous. This is a and PSA for <laughs> texting this, and driving. This is a history lesson and a PSA. Um, <laughs> and Tracy Letts' character attempts to text his wife the words, I was right. That was his first mistake. And while doing so, he can't get the text message right. And just while Ben Affleck is chasing him on a bike, and on he is in a car, bike. and Ben like, Affleck catches up to him. Lance Armstrong. He Incredible. swerves to avoid hitting Ben Affleck, and he drives the car into a gorge and dies. Yeah. And the movie ends with, like, so many dead dudes and Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas still not getting a divorce. It's just so insane. Oh, intentional humor. Yeah. Now that we've watched this movie and we experienced the, the banana relationship in real time, does this change this film, the context of it, what it is about, and that it was delayed for so long and should yeah. have presumably come out during their courtship? Does it mm-hmm. change how you look at their relationship or do you still think that was like pretty a pretty honest situation? Oh, no. I mean, I to put on my conspiracy hat, I definitely Always. think it was prolonged for this they knew what the public wanted which was these paparazzi walks and uh to drum up more you know uh gossip and interest and uh, intrigue i guess and and it worked it obviously worked um and I, i guess and honestly i i have enjoyed it i've enjoyed both watching their weird relationship and then watching it with this movie in mind and right. vice versa. it's It all adds to a, a giant narrative that, you know, did we need it? Well, actually, I'm going to say we did need it <laughs> because we we needed something during yeah. those, you know, well, during this entire pandemic. So we, we yeah. really did. I mean, I, I and I remember people saying that at the time we needed like that celebrity. That is a part of our culture. Yes. And to have it ripped out at the same time as so many other things were ripped out. It was like, even if you weren't noticing that that was missing, once it came back, then you knew it was missing. And so right. we did need it. And the hilarious cap to this story is that this is the movie that got them together. Like, maybe the least sexy movie I've ever seen. (laughs) Truly. Truly. But honestly, on to bigger and better things for them both. You know, I'm still so excited about Benefer 2.0. And I guess looking forward, you know, I think he had a pretty... People were saying he was going to get nominated for his role in The Tender Bar. So... Uh, I think he ended the year on a big note again with J-Lo and whatnot. And for her, unfortunately, you know, her movies keep on getting delayed. But the next big movie I think I think that she's going to be on is what you talked about earlier, the Marilyn Monroe biopic. Yeah. Super excited for that. Like, I, I think there's like no limit to her star power. I, I think that I think this 
after this film is like a huge credit to her because she is not really given the material I think that she deserves here. Ben, on the other hand, I I think that that he's given a a more interesting role and and he plays it really well. And so while I don't think that this is going to be like a... um, I think we'll remember this movie for a long time because of the real-life context that it has, but I don't think we're going to be returning to it. Although I have at just the top of this podcast, I did call it a cuck classic. And as far as <laughs> as far as movies about it cucking is. goes, I, I don't know that it can be rivaled. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. well, Amelia, it has been so wonderful talking about um, this very recent history with you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Real quick, Amelia, do you recommend that that people watch this movie? Honestly, I'm going to say yes. You know okay. what? If Especially if you followed their relationship, this is the perfect ending, you know? Just, right. just watch the movie. And I think we gave it a real scatterplot description here. Th- yes. There's still like, there's, <laughs> there's still going to be some meat on this bone mm-hmm. um, for you mm-hmm. to enjoy. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Amelia for chatting with me and to our producer, Devin. And we will see you back here on the Ringer Dish feed. 